All right, we have just a few announcements before we continue on with our worship today. Uh, first of all, today is the Great Chili Cook-Off. Uh, it, is a, it is the fundraiser, or a fundraiser for the 8th grade class's trip to Branson. And there is also going to be vegetable soup and chicken noodle soup available. And that is happening right after worship today over in the Fellowship Hall. So please join us for that. Uh, next, we'll be closing our 2017 records at the end of this week. So please check your financial Good statement for Welcome any changes that may need to be made. Notify the office by February 12th. After that date, changes Sunday cannot be made. The Reverend Jake Sletton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinegar, and the acolytes are Vanson Minning and Carson Ray. The radio broadcast is sponsored by Elmer and Norma Kaiser in honor of their 70th wedding anniversary, which is on January 4th. Also, please pick up your These contribution envelopes for 2018. There are still a few left on the back table there. Trinity Lutheran Church. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Friends in Christ group is having their Super Bowl party at, at Jeff and Marcy. Perigens this afternoon, uh, starting at 4.30 p.m. We'll be having spaghetti and Alfredo for supper. Again, Everyone is welcome to come. The Friends in Christ group is uh, a group that uh, meets on a regular basis, and that group is for anybody who wants to attend. There's no, like, secret password that you have to know or memorize half of the Bible and then you're allowed in or something like that. No, uh, it is for anybody who, who wants to come uh, and any friends that you would like to bring as well, and that Super Bowl party starts at 4:30 p.m. Uh, to our newest confirmants, those uh, uh, who are either transferring in, uh, or, I'm sorry, who have transferred in, or who are new members to our church, please complete the information form that was given to you and return it to the office so that we can get you set up in our computer system. If you do not have a form, please let the office know, and we're happy to get one to you. The adult Bible study handouts are in the back. We are on uh, session four now, uh, looking at some of John's visions. We've been having a great time doing that, and that is on the back table where the contribution envelopes are as well. The Lutheran Youth Fellowship, our uh, youth ministry, um, they are having their Valentine's dinner next Sunday. Uh, please sign up by the 7th. The sign-up sheet's fun. Are they back there? Oh, 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 it's the 18th. I'm so sorry. I thought that the sign said the 11th. Oh, it changed it. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So uh, it is on the 18th. Uh, and uh, please make sure that, that you find those sign-up sheets. I believe there are some right out on uh, the table in the back. And there is also going to be a brief evangelism board meeting that, that will follow right after church today. A very brief uh, evangelism board meeting that will be happening right after church today. Uh, I know that it is Super Bowl Sunday. I promise to have you out just before the kickoff. Uh, today, the sermon is relatively short. So uh, why don't we open our, our worship today with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for this morning, and we thank you, Lord, that you have called us here to, to worship you, Lord, to be served by you through your word through your sacraments, and we ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds to these words. We thank you, Lord, that your word never comes back empty, it never comes back void, uh, Lord, and we ask now that as we worship you, that you would give us a zeal this morning, Lord, for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our first hymn is The People That in Darkness Sat, 
It's number 412. We're going to sing verses 1 through 4 and verse 6. So verses 1 through 4 and verse 6. of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, God, we confess confess that that we are are by nature nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us. Renew us and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I will sing to the Lord. Because he has dwelt bountifully with me. 
Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him. For my foes rejoice because I am shaken. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Glory Glory be be to to the the Father, and and to the the Son, and and to the the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I will sing to the Lord. Because he has dwelt bountifully with me. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, keep your family, the church, continually in the true faith, that relying on the hope of your heavenly grace, we may ever be defended by your mighty power. 
Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Our Old Testament reading this morning is from Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 21 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all people. For great is his steadfast love toward us. And the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name.
this time, it's uh, that moment for all the young disciples who are not already up here uh, to come forward for the children's message this morning given by Mr. Kleibaker. How are you guys this morning? Good. I've got a special request. I need three strong young men to give me a hand, and I've already got those fellows picked out. Drew, Peyton, and Vanson, our eighth grade boys. Would you come down and give me some help? I tell you what, did you all listen closely to Mr. Goodman when he read the Old Testament lesson? You did? Oh, good, that's going to make the children's message go a lot smoother. That's wonderful. All right, fellas, I've got some special things in my bag here. Some of them might be able to be seen pretty easily. Um, some of them not. I'll tell you what I want you to pick out first, okay? But when, the first thing we're going to talk about is, though, things that are strong. Do you guys like strong stuff? Yes, I do too. There's a lot of things that I like, and man, if it's strong, I like it even better. And I think there are a lot of people that feel that way. All right, let's look in the bag here. I'm going to show you some examples of things that I like, that I think are pretty strong. Let's see here. Vanson, give me some help. Um, would you pick up the thing that's silver and hold it up high for everybody to take a good look at? Make sure everybody over here can see it too, Vanson. What is that? A train. Is a train strong? Yeah. Yes. Hey, when I was your age, you know who one of my favorite superheroes was? Superman. Superman, right? What did they say about Superman? Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. Strong, right? Locomotives and trains, we think of them being strong. Okay, Vanson, you can uh, set that down out of the way. Peyton, you're next. I got something green in the bag. Would you grab that and hold it up? Hey, who doesn't like a good, strong tractor, right? Boy, I sure do. The bigger they are, the more impressive they are. Have any of you ever gone to a tractor pool? Yeah, some of you have. Man, those get loud and they got big engines in them. They're big and strong. That's always kind of fun. That's one of the things I enjoy that's strong. Who's next? Drew, would you grab the brown thing for me? Now I've used this in children's message before. What's this? Football. Is anybody gonna watch a football game this afternoon? Oh, a handful of you. Yeah, mostly everybody probably. Are we going to be watching some of the biggest and strongest men in America playing a game we like to watch? Yes, right. Boy, how do those guys get big and strong? 
Vanson or Peyton, one of you guys want to help me out again? All right, Peyton. Grab the blue thing, hold it up. Now those men that are going to be playing football this afternoon are pretty blessed, right? They're pretty good-sized guys already. What is that? Weights. weights. Why, what are weights good for? Lifting. And why do you lift weights? To get muscles. And muscles make you strong. Exactly. Now, I'm glad your buddies volunteered you for this job, Peyton. I want you to lift that weight up and down for me. Just keep doing it. Okay? All right. Thank you. You keep lifting that weight up and down. When you're done, though, when you're tired and you think, John, I've had enough of that, you can hand it off to Drew or Vance, and they're back there eagerly waiting to do it as well. There are a lot of things in our world that are strong, right? Man, look at Peyton go. He's a pretty strong boy, isn't he? A lot of things are strong. Now, what, hey, what just happened here? Peyton must have gotten worn out. He passed it off. Drew was very quick with his pass, with his hand off. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, gentlemen, you can put it, you can put it down. You can put it down. Let's see. Uh, Vanson, you were right there. Look in the bag, would you? There's at least one more thing that I think we need to pull out of there and take a look at. What is that? What is that? A sheep. A lamb, that, somebody must have put that in there by mistake. Is a lamb strong? No, usually we don't think of lambs being very strong. What is the Lamb of God is strong. The Lamb of God is strong. Moms, dads, grandmas, and grandpas, you should be proud of that answer right there. And that, that's exactly right. Wow. Hold that up again there, Peyton. Little old lamb. We don't think of little old lambs being very strong in our world, do we? If you put a lamb on that football field this afternoon, what's going to happen? He's going to run around and be scared to death, right, of all those big men? But the Lamb of God, that's exactly right, who is Jesus, is strong, very strong. How neat that God chose a little lamb to represent himself. Let's reread that real quickly. Do you not know? Have you not heard this again coming? Folks out there, look at the Old Testament lesson starting in chapter, or, uh, verse 20, 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Lasts forever. You've got to be strong to last forever. The creator of the ends of the earth, all the earth, how strong do you have to be and extremely smart to know how to create the world? Pretty cool. God will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. We should derive comfort in the fact that God is so strong. He'll never get tired. He'll never get weary. He gives strength to those who are tired and increases the power of the weak. I'm grateful for that because as a man who is older than these guys, so often I just look forward to a nap. I bet none of you want a nap today, do you? No. I do, though. How many of you want a nap today? You don't have to answer that question, but yes. Now, here's why we asked the eighth grade boys to help us out. 
Even youths get tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. Have you guys ever fallen down? Boy, they're, they're very honest. Yes, they said. Will there be some men, young men, in that football game later today who will get tired? Yeah. Will some of them stumble and fall? Yes, especially if they get tackled, right? So God tells us those things will happen. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not get faint. He's talking about our faith and the fact that we're going to get to go to heaven to be with Him. Join me in a quick little prayer, and then we'll get back to our seats so we can hear more of God's Word. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You for all the wonderful things You've given us in our world that are strong for us. But we do know, tractors and trains, they can break. Footballs, they're a, it's a fun thing for us to watch and do, but we know that the fellows that play that game get tired. And some of them will stumble and fall. But we're so grateful that you sent Jesus, the Lamb of God, to be our Savior, who is strong in everything, so strong that he even rose from the grave on Easter Day, and that we can have faith that he will give us the strength to be able to join him in heaven with our faith that you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Back to your seats. Epistle reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 27. Yet when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, for I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I am simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not make use of my rights in preaching it. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. 
but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages. So I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So we traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Our hymn of the day is, O God, Forsake Me Not, on page 731 of the Lutheran Service Book. Again, O God, Forsake Me Not, page number 731.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is from the gospel, I'm sorry, the Old Testament lesson that was just read. You want to have that in front of you because we'll be looking at it and going through it as we go along here this morning. The text from Isaiah 40 is really very, very similar to a psalm, or at least it is sort of written, and it's sort of, if, if you were to read it, it sort of reads in the same way that a psalm does. It talks about how the people seem to have, seem to think that God has forgotten them, and that he simply doesn't care anymore. How often we, too, have had those similar thoughts. Has God forgotten me? Does God even care? Is he listening? Why, hasn't I, why haven't I seen any change in my life? I prayed to him and I prayed to him, but yet it seems like nothing ever happens. Has he forgotten me? Does God even care? We see this certainly in our personal lives. Think back to whatever it is that you have prayed for in this past week. Has God forgotten me? Perhaps has he forgotten us? We see this too on on a much larger scale, like the government or the world that we live in. You know, it seems like every other day there is an Amber Alert that comes over my phone. It's like, what's going on? Just this past week, the Senate passed that you can end a baby's life at 20 weeks. What's going on? It just seems like there are so many things happening to us, whether it be personally or outside of us, that have caused us, or at least can cause us, to ask the question, has God forgotten me? Does God even care? Luckily for us, we have examples of this exact thing throughout Scripture. You all have heard of the man named Job. Job asked these very same questions. He finally got to a point, after all of his suffering, after his friends told him, just go ahead and curse God, after his own wife tells him to go ahead and curse God and die, just be done with it, he finally has had enough and he goes to God and says, what's going on? Why is this happening to me? Have you forgotten me? Remember, too, that at the beginning of this book, that it says that Job was a, a very righteous man. He, he followed God. I mean, it, the, the, the book almost makes him sound like he was dang near perfect. And yet all of these terrible calamities have happened to him. If you think that you're having a bad day, go back and read Job. Believe me, you're not having as bad of a day or a week as this man did. He lost everything that he had. And by everything, I mean his home, his children, his friends, 
everything that he had. And then just to sort of put the icing on the cake, he was also getting boils and sores on his skin. And it says that he was so aggravated by these sores that he literally took a rock and started shaving them off. What's going on? Have you forgotten me, God? Do you even care? And the Lord, as He so often does, gives a very epic response. I want to read to us from Job chapter 38. The Lord comes and He answers Job. And this is how the Lord answers. It says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, He says, He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb. When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place. When I said, this far you may come and no farther. Here is where your proud waves halt. And he goes on. Have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. He's not done. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all of this. What is the way to the abode of light? And where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwelling, Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm to water a land where no man lives, a desert with no one in it? Can you bring forth the the constellations in their seasons? Or lead out the bear with its cubs? Do you know the laws of the heavens? And I could keep going. God goes on like this for at least one more chapter. He's reminding Job, I'm God, and you're not. See, I know where all of this stuff is kept. I know where the snow is kept. I know how to cut a path for the storm. 
he is reminding Job. Reminding him not only to sort of, well, to remind him that he is God and that Job is not. But also to remind him that he is God. He is the Lord over all. So when Job asks, Lord, are you listening? Lord, have you forgotten me? God gives at least two chapters worth of things that he has never forgotten. Things like the snow and the hail and the rain and the stars and the sea and the recesses of the deep. Have I forgotten, Job? No. I haven't. You see, I keep all of this thing that you know as creation going. And so I do know. A couple of chapters after this, Job then replies back to God and says to God how sorry that he is and acknowledges what he has done, asks God for forgiveness, and of course God gives it to him. And not only does God give Job forgiveness, but it says that Job received back double for everything that he had before. Are you listening, God? Yes, I am. Do you know God? Yes, I do. In our text from Isaiah 40, the Israelites thought this too. The Israelites thought that God had left them. The Israelites thought that God did not care any longer. And so he goes through in verses 21 through 31, similar to Job, he reminds them, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. His people are like grasshoppers. That's another way of saying, I'm way up here. And you're about this big. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy, spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to nothing and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. And he goes on further, reminding them exactly who he is. And then he finally gives them comfort. He begins in verse 27. Now, I'm going to do something that if um, my uh, Greek professors ever thought that I ever heard that I was doing, I might get in trouble. I'm going to use a translation that you're not supposed to use, um, but I'm going to use it anyway because I think it, it, it's going to help us really understand. The translation comes from one called The Message, and it says this. From verses 27 through 31, it says, Why would you ever complain, O Jacob, or whine Israel, saying, God has lost track of me? He does not care what happens to me. Don't you know anything? Haven't you been listening? God doesn't come and go. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath, and he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh gives fresh strength to dropouts. For even young people tire and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk 
and don't lag behind. I want to follow this with some more words from Scripture, this time from Jesus in Matthew chapter 10. He says this, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. He knows. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The message today is really very simple. He does care. He does know. And you are the most valuable to Him. We know this because He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and to die for you. He didn't do it. He didn't send Jesus for the rocks. He didn't send Him for anything else except for you. Because you are the most valuable to Him. Hear yet another promise of how valuable that you are. This from the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The one who knows where the snow is kept. The one who clears a path for the storm. The one who brings the stars into the heavens each night. The one who makes the sun rises and set. He knows. He does know. He does care. And he cares more than either you or I could ever possibly imagine. And so the next time that you find yourself sort of stuck in a rut as far as your faith goes, and you know what, we all have them. If you need reminding, look to God's Word and read just how valuable that you are. And if you still need more reminding, this church is open every day, Monday through Friday, and Saturday it's open too, to come on in. I think that, that sometimes they come in here and clean on Saturdays, look to the cross and remind yourself about how valuable that you are. Because you are the most valuable to Him. He calls you the apple of His eye. He does know whatever, it is, whatever issues or problems or anxieties that you came through these doors with today, trust me, He knows. And when you pray to Him, He hears you. Because this is the same way that he reminded Job. I do know because I know where everything else is. I do know and I do care because I sent you my only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to suffer and to die in your place. Why? So that you could live with me forever and know the value that you have. So you see, God does care. You are the most valuable to him. He is mighty to save. And to be reminded of this, we need look no further than His Word. We need look no further than His cross. 
We need look no further than His body and blood sacrificed and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins, telling us each and every time that we eat it and drink it, this is how valuable that you are. Never doubt that. And if you do begin to doubt that, do what Luther says is our best weapon against Satan. Pray. Pray to God. Know that he does hear you. Know that he wants to hear you. Luther also says, you know, if God didn't hear us, he would not have commanded us to pray. But he did command us to pray, and so he does. You are worth more than many, many, many sparrows. You are worth the most to him because he has suffered and died for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now say together the words of our Christian faith, allowing our ears to hear those words that we believe. And we use the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, I want to invite to come forward to the front of the altar uh, all of those officers on the boards, on the different boards and committees that, that we have. Uh, if you have been recently elected to one, or if you are continuing to serve on one, please come forward so that we may install you in those positions. Spread down if you can a little bit. Sco- scooch in if you need to. There's some room up in the front. Don't worry. I showered today, so it's fine. Good. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you have accepted the office to which you have been elected or appointed. I ask you now, do you, promise, do you promise with the Lord as your helper to faithfully fulfill the duties that have been given to you? If so, answer yes with the help of God. Pray now for the faith and the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, for the boldness of Peter, for the evangelistic zeal of Philip. 
for the wisdom of Paul. Jethro counseled Moses that the task before him was too enormous for him alone. And Lord, we acknowledge to you the same. And we pray to you, Lord, for your support, for your spirit, and for your love. God has given each of you a unique gift and a talent for the edification of the church and the work of ministry. Will you accept this church office in proportion to your faith to minister, to teach, exhort, to lead with diligence, and to show mercy with cheerfulness? If so, answer, we will with the help of God. So now I want you to turn around and face those lovely people that you will be serving behind you. I now ask you, as the members of this church, will you, do you promise to diligently pray for these folks here who have been charged to faithfully serve you in the offices that they have been elected or appointed to? According to God's holy will, will you follow their leadership as they seek to faithfully perform their duties to the best of their ability? If so, answer, we will, with the help of God. Help of God. You walk and turn around and face me now. I therefore place you into your positions of leadership at Trinity Lutheran Church and School in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And what we're going to do now is I'd like for all of you to, as much as you can, stand down by the baptismal font. And we did this last year, and I think it's just an important thing for us to do. We're going to lay hands on these folks, um, mainly because they need our prayers. They have been elected by you. They have been appointed by you to serve in the various offices uh, that, they, that they have. Um, and they need our help. They need God's help most, especially. So I would invite anyone who would like to to, to come forward to, to lay hands on these folks uh, as we pray for them. And so we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Lord, for all of these folks who have been elected or appointed to the various boards and committees that we have. Lord, we lift them up to you. We commend them to your care, and we ask that, uh, that you would send to them an extra measure of your Holy Spirit, that in the ways that they serve you, in the ways that they serve us, that they would do it all, Lord, for the glory of the Father. And Lord, we pray that when they are weak or when they are tired, that you would give them strength. Lord, when they grow weary, we pray that you would help them not to fall. And Lord, we pray that as their congregational family, that you would help us also to uplift them. Not only, Lord, in, our, in the words in which we speak to them, but Lord, also in our prayers in which we pray for them. We thank you, Lord, for them, and we ask for your special protection and guidance and wisdom to be upon all of them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks to all for coming up. You guys can go back and sit down.
to do one more thing. And while they are uh, having a seat, if you uh, recently were serving on a board um, and uh, were not up, up here, meaning that you either weren't uh, um, elected or um, if, you're, if you have termed, termed out, uh, will you please stand so that we might recognize you? If you have termed out or uh, were serving, will you, will you please stand? We thank you for your service, uh, and we will continue to pray for you as well. Uh, with that, it is now time to collect our tithes and offerings. Uh, you will notice in the bulletin cover is the, is the attendance slip. All that you have to do is tear that off, fill it out, uh, and then families only need to fill out one per family, and then set them along the inside aisles uh, so that the elders can come by afterwards to pick them up. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is the preaching, teaching, baptizing, and sharing the love of Christ in our church, our community, and our world. Trinity's Children's Sunday School and Adult Bible Classes meet at 8.45 a.m. each Sunday in the school. A men's Bible study meets at 6.30 a.m. each Wednesday morning in the chapel. Several ladies' Bible studies meet during the week in the surrounding areas. For more information, call the church office at 417-235-7300. The Lutheran Hour is our church's witness to the public marketplace. Today's message is entitled, Lift Up Your Eyes on High and See Who Created These. <coughs> There's much in science that witnesses to God. Dr. Meyer says telescopes and microscopes can further evangelize more than soapboxes. We give thanks for Bob and Deidre Minning, who will celebrate 36 years of marriage on February 6th, and for Joan Haynes, who will celebrate 83 years of life on February 10th. Nadine Oberman will celebrate 88 years of life on February 10th. We remember our seasoned saints, Alice Helmkamp, Delphine Hesseman, Ella Clybaker, Erwin Krieger, Florine Towers, Herschel Worm, Laverne Tiesel, Lauren Barnes, Nadine Oberman, Orville Meyer, Raymond Spray, and Ursula McGeehee. And now we will collect our offerings and begin our communion.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. Uh, first of all, for those on our health list, uh, for Melba McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Kleibaker, Flora Overman, Landreth Worm, Dana Robb, Erwin Kruger, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Jeannie Stoltz, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Herschel Worm, and Judy Lady. Also for the family of Heather Menning, whose father passed away. Also for friends of Jan Kahneman, uh, whose family lost their home in a fire. Uh, also for those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, uh, for Bob and Deidre Menning for celebrating 36 years of marriage on February the 6th. Also for Joan Haynes, who will be celebrating 83 years of life on February the 10th. And for Nadine Oberman, who will be celebrating 88 years of life on February the 10th. We go to our Lord in prayer. O Lord, you are great in mercy, abundant in power, and your understanding is beyond measure. Remember your whole church throughout the world. Renew and strengthen your children as they wait patiently for your glorious salvation to be revealed. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, you sit high above all human might and power. Give to all trusted with authority among us wisdom to recognize your rule and humility to serve the common good. Remember, remember all in our armed forces and for our first responders in every community and protect them in their service. Lord, in your mercy. Jesus, we bring before you in prayer this day all who are sad and lonely, the sick and the hurt, and all, Lord, who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We remember especially those, Lord, who are on our health list. We remember, too, Lord, the Menning family, uh, the family who lost their home in, in a fire. And Lord, all those that we name before you in our hearts now. Heal them, Lord. Bind up their wounds and give your people grace to trust your unfailing love. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries, especially for Bob and Deidre upon celebrating their 36th anniversary. We pray to you that by your Spirit you would enable them to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another, and especially their love for you. Also, we pray, Lord, for Joan and Nadine, who have birthdays this week. Thank you for sustaining them in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O Lord, you lift up the humble. Grant to all who come to the altar this day the humility to trust Christ's promise as he comes to give us his true body and blood for our forgiveness to give us a share in his own divine life. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 
And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have been known to the nations in your Son. In him, being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communion, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize, I recognize and confess, and confess that, I am, that I am a sinner. I repent, I repent of, my of my sin and ask God's, God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe, I believe that the risen that Christ, Christ is really is present, really present in, the sacrament, in the sacrament, and under the form, under of, the the bread form and wine, of the bread and wine, I receive his I receive true, body, his and true blood, body and blood, the forgiveness, for the forgiveness of, my sin, of my sin, and the strengthening of my faith and life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. First communion hymn today will be Your Table I Approach, page number 628 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Your Table I Approach, page number 628, and the second hymn will be Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, page number 637. Again, Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, page number 637. <coughs> So we begin with page 628, 
and the second hymn will be 637. Once again, the first hymn for the distribution of communion is Your Table I Approach, page number 628. And the second hymn is Draw Near and Take the Body of the Lord, page number 637.
next communion hymn is The Church's One Foundation, page number 644 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, The Church's One Foundation, page number 644.
Our next communion hymn is Built on the Rock, page number 645 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, Built on the Rock, page number 645.
strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and his joy. Amen. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love for one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. The final hymn today is on what has now been sown, page number 921 in the Lutheran Service Book. Again, on what has now been sown, page number 921. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you are not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on www.freistadtradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May his love surround you and his mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Carol Clybaker, and we wish you a blessed week. special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today. We're very glad that you were here to worship 
with us. Uh, also, now, at, right immediately after this, we're going over to the Fellowship Hall for the great chili cook-off. As, I, as I've always said, there is no bad chili, so I'm excited for all of them. I think it's going to taste really, really good. Why don't we go ahead uh, and pray for our meal here. We'll do so using the common table prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest, and let these gifts to us be blessed. May our souls by thee be fed, ever on the living bread. Amen. We'll see you all in just a few minutes. Amen.